Hello and welcome to this episode of Radio Free HPC. This is where we talk about supercomputing, high-performance computing, and other technology topics. I'm Dan Olds, joined as always by my co-host Henry Newman from Seagate Government Solutions and Shaheen Khan from Orion X. Now let's get to the show. Hello and welcome again to another fantastic episode of Radio Free HPC. I'm Dan Olds, joined by Shaheen Khan and Henry Newman and our special guest, Jesse Lanham. How y'all doing? Silence. <laughs> just, just, just weapon. Yeah. Uh, I'm You're not, great, I'm Dan. Not, great, Dan. Not, how are you? How was SC19? It was good. Henry, how you doing? I'm in a state of depression. There's six inches of snow coming. <laughs> Good. Uh, Jesse, what's up with you? I'm in a state of depression for having to record with Henry again, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had a great dinner no, at it SC. Was great. It was great. We had a fantastic dinner at SC19 at an Italian place, and Jesse was sitting in between me and Henry. Henry was just <laughs> hectoring her constantly. A uh, night to remember. It was a night to remember. Shaheen was there, of course. Uh, we had a couple of special guests, including one Richard Bruckner who uh, was one of the founders of this show, and a good time was had by all, I would say, right? Indeed. Mm -hmm. And I think, Henry, you and I laid down that, or we confirmed our bet, which I'm now forgetting what it was. I'll have to check the last show. Be my guest. You mean, yeah. you mean the bet from last year or the new bet that you made in the last episode? The new bet that we the made The new bet the has to do with Risk Five making it to the top 500. That's, That's right. correct. That's mm -hmm. right. Okay. I was going to wait till Dan... Forgot it and then remind him <laughs> at the last minute. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we talking about? Well, first of all, let's get your general impressions of uh, SC19. How was it, Henry? It was great. It's good to see a lot of old friends and new, new friends. And it was nice to meet Jesse in person. You haven't made a friend since 1987, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that because he's cooped up in uh, Whisper Suites. I, I Henry gave a profound number of presentations. All of them different. <laughs> All of them different. And that, uh, I mean, we're talking nearly 20, right? Yeah, I'm nearly 20. And <clears throat> I've lost my voice and um, I'm getting too old for this. Wow. No, that's that's not the that's not the problem. <laughs> no, that's not the problem. <laughs> it's a deeper, more profound problem, but that's a whole nother episode. How was the show for you, Shaheen? It was fabulous. I love this show, both because it is where you go to see the future and because you meet so many old friends, and of course you still miss a few, and uh, you have to make up for it next time around. And Shaheen uh, hosted a very successful Dead Architecture Society meeting. You know, that's becoming a thing. And yeah. it was our 10-year anniversary. We've done this Dead Architecture Society for 10 years now. And a lot of people showed up, a lot of good thought leaders and profound discussions. And was happy to see Jesse there. I hope uh -huh. you had a good time too. And uh, it was good, yeah. Jesse got introduced around. How was your show, Jesse? Um, it was great. It was really neat coming back. I think it was my second SC, so it was really neat seeing that it wasn't a fluke the first time, that it's this big and this loud every time. Because you kind of wonder, you know, you have nothing to compare it to. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, and, and the Dead Architecture Society was also a fun introduction. Well, this is the Super Bowl for nerds. So I've learned. <laughs> yeah. My wife, great. my wife calls it Geek Fest. 
It is. Ah, uh, yes. Is. I've also called it Geekapalooza, <laughs> which works. I had a great show. Had some great meetings. Great time wandering around the floor. I had five people who've listened, who are listeners to Radio Free HPC, come up to me. Almost a third of our total listenership. Yeah. Does, that, does maybe... that include the one that came up to me as well when you weren't there? I think no, so because I saw. Okay. I met three of them, and I think they may have been the same part of the same five. Well, it's great to be able to reach out and actually touch a third of your listenership. That's why we're trying to keep this small. (laughs) So we do our best. Mission accomplished. But uh, they were very complimentary about the show. They had some nits here and there. Um, Like stop recording, please. (laughs) (laughs) All the voices are just irritating. (laughs) This this is sounding more and more like car talk every day. I tell you, this is the car talk of supercomputing. And everybody was asking who's click and clack. Of course, I was saying that's Dan and Henry. (laughs) And look where they ended up. And Jesse and I just kind of participate. We're the weird car noises in the background. People wanted the puzzler to be reintroduced. (laughs) You know, I think I've only listened to that show once. What? Well, the only part you need to know, Dan, is how they sign off by saying, once again, you wasted a perfectly good hour. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of uh, student cluster competitions, which is a great segue, I think. You are uh, so good at segues. I know. <laughs> That's really my strength is the segue. <laughs> just just subtly slide right into the new topic. Mm-hmm. What there, happened with student so, cluster yes, competition? Student cluster. <laughs> there was one, and it was good. I've got a couple of slides here that you guys can see, but no one at home can see because I'll be putting them into articles that you can read and consume at your leisure. Interesting configurations this year. Node count is getting lower and lower. Mm. Got a lot of dual node systems, one three node system. The biggest is six. And I can remember back in the day when eight and 10 ruled the world. Right. But that was before the GPUs and the yes. some of the power limits. Power limits have always been the same. But really? Yes. But I think he's it's right. That if you're going to be using, yeah, yes. I think it has been. Oh. It has if you're been. using high power GPUs, then you can only have fewer of them. Yeah. You're giving up at and least if, 250 watts with each one of those. And if you're limited by communication, you want fewer nodes. I think that's what we're observing. Yes. And well, and there also there's also more PCI bandwidth in the newer systems than there was eight nine years ago. So you could put more slots in and still communicate to the GPUs at high speed. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. But that's within the nodes, right? Yes, within the nodes. So you need fewer nodes. If you're GPU oriented, you could put more GPUs in the Turn same node. node. Yeah. Yes, because you have because the PCI bandwidth allows for that. But can we kind of see that as the reemergence and eventual triumph of SMP over MPP? That's or an is interesting that, uh, angle. Too soon. That's an interesting angle. No, I don't think so. I don't think so, Sheen. <laughs> because because a, a GPU is not SMP. No. Well, I think a single node usually is an SMP on the node. But they're fat nodes. I mean, they these, are are, exactly. these are obese nodes. In fact, I think these are uh, sumo, sumo nodes. Sumo nodes. Nanyang Technological University, in fact, two nodes, 16 GPUs, and about 384 gig of memory on each node. Why don't you take us through? Yeah. Yeah. See what, what they had and who won what. Okay. Real quick, we had a couple of teams using the AMD system. 
Ooh. AMD, mm. uh, one team, Purdue, came in with the AMD single sockets, five of them. Problem is they selected a motherboard that would not support GPUs. Oh, I see. Ooh. Did they know that? They did. Didn't know it soon enough. But that is a good, uh, that, that's a good proxy for cloud, like the but, traditional vanilla cloud. But who cares? It's a competition. It's about winning, Sheen. Yeah. Sheen, it's about the win. You, you know, my good old coach said, you spell fun, W-I-N. <laughs> <laughs> or the more I learn about Henry's childhood, the more I'm like, ooh, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> or to quote Al Davis, owner of the Oakland Raiders, just win, baby. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Uh, University of Tartu came in with a, with a, uh, I would say a better design using the Rome 64 core processors, six uh of them or uh, 10 of them total and eight GPUs. And that's a hell of a configuration. I see. So uh, Purdue was the only one without a GPU at all. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. How'd they do? No, that's not true. Well, the next vector engine is that GPU, Dan? No, it's an accelerator, though. I okay. see. They had an accelerator, so but Purdue not a GPU. with no accelerators. We can say uh, it's it only that way. Purdue, only Purdue, and it did not help them. Let me just put it that way. Okay, very good. Let's take a look at the benchmarks. Did not set a Linpack record. Linpack record is fifty-three point something. Nanyang was close to it with their two nodes and sixteen GPUs. That's going to get you right up there. Was this the high altitude of Denver? That <laughs> <laughs> yes, altitude the, training, we forgot. The air is thinner up there. It took its toll on both the competitors <laughs> and the hardware. If we'd have been lower, New Orleans, we set a record. Yeah. Washington, Seattle, we set a record. Cosmic rays, you know. If that's the case, we need, we need to go to Death Valley then. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. Bonneville Salt Flats, yeah. maybe. No, no, that's yeah. out. The, no, no, nope, that's, that's too high. Yeah, you're right. right. You're right. Or the Dead Sea, somewhere around there. Yeah. No, just underwater SC from now on. Ah, uh, there you go. Natural immersion Sub- submarine. Exactly. Take a look at University of Washington. Okay. First time competitor, first team from the Northwest. Look at them, number two in Linpack. They did really well. But and, with like a good ten teraflops less, right? Yes, but it's interesting. Only two nodes. Not running high core counts, not running high frequency, only eight GPUs, yep, and they, they pulled in second. They had basically, the, uh, they had 24 cores versus 16. Washington only had 16 cores and had half the GPUs. So they did well. Yeah. They did very well. That, that's job. a really good optimization job on their part. Yep. And excellent. I'm loving that Wardslaw came in third. This is like their seventh time competing. And this puts them on the podium for the first time in a major award. And they only had eight GPUs. They had 180 cores to play around with and running at a nice 2.3 gigahertz. But look at them. Very happy. Very nice. Good job. Let's take a look at HPCG now. Nan Yang came really close to setting a record, or they might have, with 1,911 gigaflops. Tsinghua was a close second with 1,800. Shanghai Tech, third-time competitor, 1,500. And they were all well above the average of 1,046. Nice. Yes, very nice. So want to get into the application results now? I do. Let's do it. 
Yes. Uh, if you take a look at uh, next slide, uh, NTHU and Team Warsaw, again, my little buddies, tied at 95% for VPIC. And that's incredible. Absolute total tie, 95% of all the possible points. Uh, Tsinghua uh, came up third at 92.5%, and they were all well above the average of 76%. Uh, SST, which Henry takes as, what is it, Henry, your system shutdown? System shutdown time. System shutdown time, when Henry's getting a little <laughs> cranky at night. But this is the actual HPC application, NTHU. The pride of Taiwan came in at 99%. Tsinghua came in at 98%, tied with Nanyang at 98%, and Shanghai Zhao Tong came at 97%. But look at the average. Average is only 67%, the median 74%. So there were some folks that had some significant problems on SST, except for these four schools who... Uh, managed to own it. Very nice. Very nice. Taking a look at the mystery application, which was something called Sparkle that I hadn't heard of before. Mm, Sparkle is a database thing, right? You know your Sparkle? If it's the same thing as what I know is, uh, is a language like SQL Sparkle, like is it a QL at the end? Oh, really? I don't... And it's for uh, graph analytics and Web 3.0 and semantic web and things like that. I don't think it is, but... Oh, well, then maybe it's a different thing. Yeah, maybe it is a different thing. I don't know. Well, if it is S-P-A-R-Q-L, it's kind of a protocol and it's got something to do with RDF, which is the Research Description Framework, if I remember. And it is part of the whole Web 3.0 semantic web stuff. Well, look at you filling us in. I studied this. Good job. <laughs> you know who else studied it? Tell me. Nanyang University, who is... Oh, I thought course, you were going to say Tim Berners-Lee or something. <laughs> The Singapore representative, 98.53 mm -hmm. on this, followed closely by NTHU from neighbor Taiwan with 98.33, University of Washington in their slugging at 95, and just ahead of Shanghai Tech and Tsinghua, who were in the 95s as well. Really nice. Yeah. Very, very tight. Very close. Very close. And then the next application up is the reproducibility. And look at that. Wake Forest, who didn't really have what I would call a full-on HPC system, they were using Ethernet 40 gig as an interconnect. But they did have... Ooh. Yeah, sporty. But they did have NVIDIA GPUs. They had eight of them and three nodes, mixture of processors. But they pulled in two points above everybody else to take the application. At ninety point five percent, and they so clearly not communication limited that application. No, no, not at Can't all. Be, right? Yeah. No. And did did pretty much everybody have InfiniBand? My recollection is just a couple didn't. Yes, everybody did. There was one, and I was going to ask you. North Carolina State did not. North Carolina State just had an Ethernet controller, which I'm not sure what they mean right. by that. Not an Etherband switch, Henry. What's the deal? How many nodes they have? Let's it's see. Two. So it's a, just two nodes, and they them. just they just wired they just wired them yeah. together. Okay, point to point to point. Yeah, point but to point. Probably, Wake Forest could have done that too because it's yeah. only three nodes. Yeah, but what kind of? Th nah, it depends on how many slots they had available. Right. I've seen this done in up to four nodes. South Africa, their internal cluster. A lot of times, they just wire them together up to four nodes. They can't do that, Dan. But the issue is. 
to put 10, 10 or 40 or 100 gig e-cards in, it might have 40 gig on the motherboard, but to put cards in, you take away GPU right. slots. So unless your communications bound, might not be the best plan. Now but. there's another one, the team from Tennessee, they had InfiniBand, but no InfiniBand switch. Also point to point, but they had five nodes. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Which I think would make it a lot more complicated. Really? Yeah. That's what it says, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. Did Dan did Dan write this or someone uh, else? Me and Jesse. <laughs> Jesse and I went through and combed through the teams. Yeah. But no, I, I kind of started at that and said, wait a minute, no switch. What do you mean? He said, well, we don't have a switch. So I guess it's I think I, I think Henry wants the Snopes section on you, Dan. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I was taken aback by that, but I can only go by what they tell me. You know? Yeah, there was a couple teams with the interesting configurations. I think both of us went yeah. back and asked them just to confirm. The term trust but verify, Ronald Reagan said it, Dan. Yep. So I should be back there diving into their rack and pulling up commands and saying, look, you guys. I mean, <laughs> it, it was kind of funny that... No, it, you should... No, 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 Dan. You should send Jesse because she knows what she's doing and you don't. <laughs> so I would send her... <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad idea. You'd be like my tunnel rat. We got that's a tunnel. Here. Get in that get in that rack. <laughs> find out what's oh, going on. Thanks. But in reproducibility, interesting result, very close. Most teams seem to get it okay. And the thing that I would ask them on this reproducibility thing, so is this paper valid or is it just a bunch of lies and damn lies? And they, I know, which they looked exactly. at you and blinked. Yeah, some of the jokes don't <laughs> land. But the paper was deemed valid by the vast majority of the teams. So that brings us to the final standings. Hmm. Who won? Who did? I, I guess betting on Nanyang is not a is not, not a, a bad far-fetched. bet. Not a bad bet. Yeah. However, wrong. Ching Wong hmm. has added to the record of victories. Really? Really? Yes. Yes. Wow. And the thing huh. that's interesting, if you'll notice all the stuff we went through, Tsinghua scored well. They were always in the top three, but they didn't outright own anybody. So they just did really well were, on a whole lot of different they things. They were very consistent yep. all the way through. And that's not a... They also got all the bonus points, too. Yes. And the bonus points were for the IO500. And I think that they scored the best on that because they got two bonus points out of it. They didn't really. Yeah. And then the lightning talk. And then the, I, what was the lightning talk? Do you know what that was? I think they had to give like a brief overview of who they were, what oh. they did, why they're here, that sort of thing. Because that's. But I'm not sure. It might have been something different. Okay. Because there's a. There was some sort of extra presentational bit outside of the That's almost interview. like the star chamber of ASC where these students have to come in and give a presentation mm. to Jack Dongara, every other HPC person they pull in to a room. So they're giving a speech to about 12 people, and then they start asking questions. Interesting. That's like a, a defense, it is. a thesis defense. Yeah. It's defend your cluster mm. and defend your thoughts behind it. And tell me why you didn't do this. Tell me why you didn't do that. It's... It can be very, very intense. Excellent. Really nice. So second, the Pride of Taiwan, NTHU, which is very good. Third is a big surprise, University of Washington, the Huskies. Good for them. Yes. I'd also like to point out, that despite it's first off, it's their first time competing. First time ever. Secondly, they got their rack the day of from Facebook Market. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
So they hauled that thing to the conference in a U-Haul the day of. Sweet. And went on to get third. So I love that. Love those stories. That's awesome. So you mean despite poor planning, they did well. <laughs> okay. It's an overcoming story. <laughs> yes. And oh, actually- Or, or maybe, maybe they planned with uh, A, B, and C. You know, they had different things. But they had to go to D, and they knew what to do. Well, so I think the Dan, next Jane, the next stop was next stop was Craigslist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Poor planning or not, they did a good job. <laughs> they did a yeah. good job. You know, we applaud them for that. Yeah, and sponsored by Amazon. Mm, of course, yes. local, mm-hmm. local, local behemoth. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, your team, Shane and Yang, came up very close third, and then our other buddies, ETH Zurich came in at 81%, and that's just a fun team, and that's coached by the legendary Hussein Hadraki from CSCS, and then Shanghai Zhao Tong, good finish at sixth, happy for them, and Team Warsaw, seventh, highest they've ever been. Nice. How did the team with NEC Vector Engine do? Not great. I see. It's still not really ready, and they didn't Uh have as many engines they were having a problem getting their servers to support the engines. They should have had 64 cores of that stuff. I see. The software's working better with it because I think they turned in something for every application, but it's just not quite tuned and optimized yet. Okay, very well. I got a lot of hope for that accelerator. I think it'll do well. You're a fan? I am a fan, yeah. Okay. But I'm also, in general, a fan of vector processing. Well, who doesn't like vectors? Sheen, it, it, it's all it's all about the software implementation. Yes, sure. In my opinion, sure, sure, sure. And that's, and but, that's I, what, but but you know, besides these benchmarks, what I like about vector processing is that compiler support for it is pretty advanced. If if you get a compiler to generate the code, it's a new it's a new instruction set. Yeah, yeah. But vectorized vectorizing compilers are a known quantity. Parallelizing yeah. compilers are like NP complete. Yeah, we've been doing vectorizing compilers since the mid seventies. I get yes. that. Yeah, but before but your parents it's... even met Jesse, <laughs> 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 it's been a while. Were, but they, but they were born. It's been a while. But are they tuned up to to support this NEC vector engine, or is there a difference? No, they have their own compilers, and they got some of the best compilers out there for vector processing. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, it was a good competition. No bloodshed that I could tell, <laughs> which is awesome. And the next thing up on the cluster competition schedule is South Africa will be choosing their team next week. Now, I understand you're headed over there. I will be down there live, live from Excellent. South Africa, Johannesburg. Excellent. For the selection of the team, the running of the clusters 2019. And they just do a fantastic job with that show. They do. The more I hear about it, the more it's on my bucket list. Well, maybe next year. Yeah, it should be. And good job, uh, Happy Satoli. He's done a fabulous job with all of this he for really, over the years. He really has. Yeah. And Jesse went around with me when I was doing interviews, and she kibitzed in. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I saw you guys walking around. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be having those videos posted soon, and then the results within the results, the analysis of the results to figure out who got the most out of their hardware. So who did the best job optimizing? So thus endeth another SC competition. So Henry. Yes. Let me ask you this.
Is there any reason this week that no one should ever be online ever? Ever, ever. It's horrific. These ransomware people are now attacking nursing homes and they have no shame. So there was an article I read in Krebs, I think yesterday, that there's a nursing home in Wisconsin that got hit with a ransomware attack. To me, it, it's just so sad that these people just have no morals whatsoever. It is just unfortunate. It really is. It's hard to fathom how someone thinks that, first of all, that that's a cool thing to do, but, you know, they're criminals. But what makes you think that's where there's money? Exactly. <laughs> you know? You know? Do they know who it was? Oh, they um, must have. No, I don't. Don't you think? I, I don't think they Oh, you mean who did the, it? Who did it? No, no I don't no, think they know that. They don't know that yet. What was the scale of the attack? Well, it took out, they have no patient records. So they don't know what to give them for well, medicine. Was it was they it one nursing home or multiple? Multiple. Because it was the a chain of a service a chain of, It was a chain of nursing homes. So oh, they, don't know what got it. they don't know what medication to give people. <sighs> they don't know what treatment to do. It's just, they so need to put, be... they need, if anybody dies from this, they need to charge them with second degree murder. The thing is, that's the uh, danger zone for IT in terms of ransomware and hacks and exploits. With 100 nursing homes, they have sort of a smallish to mid-sized IT operation, probably small enough that it's not as thoroughly professional as a big nursing, as a big company would be, but big enough that there's a lot of ways to exploit it. Yep, but not enough profit in it to really get a big Bitcoin check. Yeah. Yeah. Do we know what they're asking? No. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's that, my reason for the week. It's pretty sad. And I would say, it really is. I would say that for every one of these that we hear about, there's probably four or five we don't. Probably more, probably 20 or 30. Wow. Wow. Well, the only thing I can do to turn the page is to listen to that sound. And what do we have? We have a new feature from our very own Jesse Lanham. And I believe we've dubbed this. Well, why don't you introduce it, Jesse, since it's yours? Sure thing. So the new feature titled Things People Think They Know But Don't, where someone with less experience gets to ask good questions to those with more. So while I'm sitting at SC, you hear lots of buzzwords, you hear lots of slang, you hear lots of concepts, and you think to yourself, does everybody know what we're talking about? I doubt it. So this is an opportunity for me to ask you guys to explain concepts that maybe everybody already knows about, or maybe there's listeners that would like a little bit more of a simplified or detailed explanation. So the okay. first topic, here we go, exascale, what is it, and more importantly, why should we care? Good, simple one to start with. That's a fat one right over the plate. <laughs> for me, well, first of all, exascale is a thousand times petascale which is a really big number. <laughs> now, the reason it's important is because it is going to lead to better science and better outcomes. When you have a thousand more flops, you can add more variables to your equations. You can do more iterations. So it's both a time to solution and a quality of solution thing. That's why I think it's important. It's a national security issue. Okay, elaborate more on that. I would say a national security issue for Boeing versus Airbus or other airframe manufacturers. It's a national security issue for drug design. It's a national security issue for healthcare. Oh, I see. So you're defining it broadly. I'm totally defining it broadly. But it's 
Also a national security issue because of national security. <laughs> the undefined, yes, national security. Yeah, and what I mean by that is that we have various places across the U.S. that are looking at things and trying to crack codes and things like that. Now, the other thing to be said is that there's now an exascale day. That's the 18th of October because 10-18 and it's 10 to the power of 18. And thank you for sending me flowers on Exascale Day, Shaheen. I really appreciated that. Thank <laughs> yeah, you were top on my list, Anna. <laughs> and then uh, there's also a difference between Exascale and Exaflop. Because when Exascale first came out, the implication was that you're going to actually sustain 10 to the power of 18 or more flops per second. And over time, it has kind of morphed by some people into saying exascale is kind of that vicinity. And there are some things the peak performance might be, but not sustained. And I think the definition is coming back to sustained exaflops for an application or a kernel or HPL or something like that. Okay. And then is there any sort of implication for which country gets an exascale system first? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it's big, big political points for the first side. Now, I don't know how it's going to happen, of course, because achieving it, certainly with the budgetary envelopes that we have, is going to be extremely difficult. And I believe that Jensen Wang of NVIDIA has already hit an exa Jensen flop. <laughs> well, those are quarter precision and half precision. Tenth precision, and, yeah, whatever. So, and, th and those are important for AI because you don't need 64-bit. Yes. You might not even need flops at all. You might just be able to do it with integer. But yes, so those are new metrics that are emerging that are away from the traditional HPL 64-bit floating point. Yes. Henry, you want to weigh in on that? I guess I would say that the issue is going to be with Exascale not be able to run Linpack, but software efficiency and application design long-term, it's not going to be, as originally described, as Machine mentioned, extra a flop sustained. It's going to involve a lot more than that. For example, you got to do I.O. Yes. And things are going to break. And it's about doing science rather than these peak numbers. You mean the show pony machines? Yeah. So DARPA had a program called HPCS, High Productivity Computing Systems where the focus was on productivity rather than flops. And it was to look at... How did they gauge productivity? So you would look at the workflow and you would look at, for example, how long does it take me to design a new car rather than how long does it take me to do a crash simulation? So even though crash simulation would be a big component of it, they would have a broader view uh, okay. of the whole engineering scientific process. And I think that really pointed to a lot of the things that Henry was raising in terms of software development and efficiency and I.O. and looking at the totality of things according to whatever business metrics or organizational metrics that would be important. But I think over time, it's kind of gone right back to HPL flops because if I get that, there's a lot of other things that I know I can get. So there you go. So, Jesse, has your question been answered? Yes, sir. My question has been answered for this week. And there's another thing that... You thought you knew, but maybe you didn't know. Good job. But that brings us to another sound. And that's our catch of the week. Uh, how about you, Henry? Remember, you know, you heard me not talk about not getting online. Well, you can't really do anything anymore. Somebody had a Star Wars script and the show comes out December 20th. 
put it under his bed, seemingly. It sounds like in a hotel. Someone took it from underneath the bed in the hotel and tried to sell it on eBay. Really? But uh, Disney caught it and it didn't go on eBay. But it's proof that there is no data safe printed or otherwise. I would agree with that. So that's my catch. Good catch. You got anything, Jesse? I do. So I found a company called Technosilva at one of the talks I went to at SC, where it's essentially this guy named Joaquin Ramirez, who's the CEO, who decided to use HPC to fight fires. So what he, yeah, so what he does is wildfire risk analysis and fire operations. So the way I understand it is it's basically Worf mixed with a whole bunch of other firefighting simulation and technology that he has managed to pack into not only different services, but also into a pocket-sized application that you can use on your mobile device for firefighters. So there's an app for Um, that. So there's an app for that now. And it has all sorts of great implications as, you know, the native Californian here dealing with fire threat. And then additionally now with the power shutdowns from PG&E, they can use his sort of technology and, and what he has done with fire and risk analysis to figure out where they actually need to shut off power for individuals or where they can keep them alive. Hmm. Where are these guys based? I'm not. I would have to Google that. Well, there's also research going on at UC San Diego mm-hmm. Yeah, that is focused on wildfires and tracking it and staying ahead of it. And they've got a project called Alert Wildfire. I know this because I follow Larry Smarr, mm-hmm. who is one of the luminaries of the industry. And he was highlighting the work that they were doing. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. But it's great to see technology applied to problems like this and apps. All good. Yeah, I thought it was a really neat implication and application of of. Absolutely. How about you, Shaheen? So the third Crypto Super 500 list is out by my colleague, Steve Perrineau. The paper is up and it's available for free to just look at without any registration or anything. The upshot is that obviously Bitcoin continues to lead. Now, these hashing supercomputers that are supporting all of this stuff, they are really supercomputers and qualify at that level, except that they just do that one killer app. And Bitcoin produces 84% of the crypto mining value. And that's because the rest have gone down and Bitcoin has gone up in value. It represents over $7 billion of annual revenue that is produced by the top mining pools. Bitcoin has a value of 165 barrels of oil at the moment, according to Stephen, and a whole lot of other cool stats that you should go look at. Very cool. And my catch of the week is you, our dear listeners had a number of you come up to me and you said some great things. We really value your feedback and want to ask you to tweet at us. And we are at rfhpc.com or radiofreehpc or email us at podcast at radiofree.com, radiofreehpc.com. It would be great if I knew the name of this show. (laughs) 256 episodes in, I would think I'd be able to say it without stumbling twice. Well, uh, speaking of administrative updates, I have good news, and our show is now also listed on Google Play. Yes. We are actively working to also put it on Spotify. We're waiting for approval by them. So if you're listening to Spotify exclusively right now, you wouldn't have heard that. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering where you were going. However, you might hear this in the future. Same thing with Google Play. Exactly. So on that puzzling note, let's go ahead and call this an episode of Radio Free HPC. Thank you all for listening. Let us know what you think. Let us know what topics you want to hear about. So thanks again, and we will see you next time.
Baboom. Baboom. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Radio Free HPC. And as a quick note, the views and opinions of Henry Newman are his and do not reflect any policy or position of Seagate Government Solutions or Seagate Technology. Thank you for listening.